Hello, and welcome to the new Nationwide Project, a discussion and exploration of 21st century popular culture. With me, Rita Gale, Shireen Donnellia Scott, and Julia Toppin. Hello, and welcome to the new Nationwide Project. My name is Julia Toppin, and as usual, I'll be presenting this show with my co-hosts, Rita Gale and Shireen Donnelly Scott. As you know, or you may not know, this is a show where we look at popular culture and sometimes a little bit of academia from a black female perspective. The view of the black woman is definitely one that we do not hear enough of. And that is why we are here on the new Nationwide Project. And today we are going to be talking about Black to Front, which was Channel 4's allegedly 24 hours of uh, black television. I'm not quite sure we got the 24 hours. I'm pretty sure that we spoke about it when we had the fantastic uh, black filmmaker in. We we alluded to the fact that this was coming. So we thought it was really important to actually, you know, discuss um, the next steps that would come after um, this quite important day for uh, black television in the UK. So it's black to front the next episode so first of all we could have some thoughts feelings Rita what do you think well you know I think it's really really important and I'm glad you we mentioned our previous show with the black filmmaker um who at the time you know at the time when channel four did that big kind of you know social media kind of you know, ad advertising sort of looking for talent to do it and we're like what's gonna what's gonna happen basically so I say credit to them for getting it off so quick, right? So getting it out there um, um, so so quick after sort of launching it. Um, what I would say, though, um, is that the 24 hours, you know, it was 24 hours. I did check from the time of the first show to last show, but, you know, it's they stretched the meaning of 24 hours. In my mind, I felt it should be 24 hours of brand new programming. And it wasn't, right? It wasn't. I expected new scripted programming. It was probably maybe 25% new scripted programming. Um, and, and with the new scripted programming that they had, the little of it that they had, there wasn't enough for me episodes. So you kind of, if you're going to have a drama or a comedy or a, a reality TV show, you need to have a run-in. People need to get to know the characters and the writers need time to develop. The, the you know the narratives and stuff so people can kind of form a relationship uh with what's going on so um so yeah so it's like you, you you've done something but it wasn't enough i had they had 24 hours of scripted stuff then i thought that might have been interesting but that wasn't what happened so um lots of stuff that were covering like the black versions of some of their favorite shows um you know, um, I really wanted to see new scripts of programming. I think, you know, bl the black talent has so many creative ideas. We, we want to get those ideas on screen, desperately want to get those ideas on screen. So I felt like black to front kind of missed, missed that opportunity. And it was a big opportunity. I think people were kind of willing to give them a lot of, a lot of time. And I feel like they did something, but they didn't do enough with the time that they had. That's what I think. <laughs> I think, yeah, there's a good point there, because if we look at it, that we started with two hours of Desmond's, you know, um, then like a <laughs> version of the uh, Big Breakfast, which we might touch on later. Then we had two hours of Blackish, 
Um, then we had Liam Bakes, which I, I know you like that one, Rita. Um, then we yeah, had Mel that. that was one of my favourites of the day, got to say. Yeah, Mel B's pack lunch, Mel B, Melanie Brown, she's brilliant. You know, that's going to be well, good. Well, Mel B should just have her own show. That's all we need to say, really. She's already yeah. a yeah, if you're out there, Mel B, get someone to get... We'll make you a show, but you should have a show. Yeah, then we had um, Countdown. We had Countdown, so we had a black Countdown. I'm doing the uh, quotation fingers. Got to <laughs> um, then we had a Place in the Sun, which was one of the... What was that? Oh, I didn't see that one. Did you see that yeah, one? Yeah, I watched that one. I mean, to be fair to Channel 4, they do have black people on that programme, so, you know. Did they that's, just that's, that's one of their problem shows. Yeah, do do many uh, black Brits emigrate to, to like, Spain? Yeah, they've got a few. Is that one of the places? Back in the day, they had the they ones who were, like, there. moved back to Grenada and Barbados, right? So they well, that's what I was thinking. Shows, I was thinking that it's more the... Yeah, I was thinking it's more likely that they would migrate back to kind of, you know, familiar uh, territories, you know, where their families are from, as opposed to going to live in south of Spain or something like that. Um, and eat fish and chips at an English restaurant <laughs> down there. But um, OK, OK. Yeah, okay. Actually, they're, they're <laughs> you know, this is kind of like Little England, right? That's where the <laughs> white Brits flock to and make Little England over there and, you oh, know. Spain. And, yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine, I just can't imagine any black Brits trying to escape England is going to go to <laughs> those same places, basically. Well, listen, let me ask you a question. All right. Have, we, have any of us been on holiday to Spain? I've been to Spain. Have you been, been to Spain? Spain? I've been to Spain, so there you go. <laughs> Well, well, holiday. Look out there, you know. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah I, I would never it. go there. To, I mean, I, I don't know. I do like Barcelona. That I haven't said that, but that that's very span Spanish. I'm not going to like the coast coasts. Isn't Barcelona on the coast though? Isn't it? Is it is. <laughs> but I mean, it's like not the, the typical <laughs> holiday packages, is it? Listen, you know what? I think they did buy somewhere. Spanish culture in Barcelona, I think, for for the average. I think they did. They put in an offer. I think they did buy somewhere. So they were serious. You know, like sometimes they're on that show and they're not. They're just there to be on the TV program. They ain't buying. I think they did buy somewhere. So yeah, they were serious. They've been going to like on holiday there for years. So they were just ready. The kids had grown up and they were kind of taking early retirement and they wanted somewhere that they could enjoy, but also bring the kids and the grandkids and. So did you yeah. guys watch it? Did yeah. it actually like talk about like the whole? I mean, I don't know. Like obviously, because obviously I'm not there, but also the just the show generally, because I mean that kind of like emigrating to Europe was you know a thing when we were part of the European Union. I I can't imagine it's that easy to just decide to up and leave and and go buy a house now. Is that like part of the oh people integrating into the show? It's just like they haven't yet. No, I mean, because this is no, they haven't yet. It was the same show. It was a normal show. Yeah, yeah. They didn't get into the. They didn't use the. I don't think I heard the word Brexit. Okay, there's no discussions now about the. Okay. It's like if you're gonna spend that time transferring the old uh, euros, then really, really need to sort that out. You know, that's why I would say let the buyer beware in it. That's how the property market works. Yeah, it's interesting though, isn't it? And then yeah, yeah. so we have place in the sun. We had the great house giveaway. Which well, uh, it was a sad one, wasn't it? Cause they didn't. They were. They were too ambitious. They had the house, although they didn't get the house that they chose, did they? 
Um, I really like the two people that they picked. The lady that was, I think she was a dancer, wasn't she? And the other guy, um, I can't remember what he did, but they were, they were two strangers. He's an engineer of some description, yeah. Yeah, it was some kind of engineer. And they're two, two people, they buy a house and the idea is that they flip it and whatever money they make, they keep. But they got too ambitious. And I don't feel like at any point anyone tried to like rein them in. Like you could see from the, from, from the moment they started talking about restructuring, and they only had like 30 grand. I was like, that's never going to work. Do you know what I mean? And, and I just thought, set up to fail. I mean, and that's, you know, trigger, trigger warning, black people set up to fail again. Um, so it obviously, was great TV, but bit cruel, bit cruel, bit of a sad ending. But I have to say, I, I, I did, I did watch it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't lie. It goes to that kind of, you know, they got a chance and then they decided to just be really ambitious and go for it. But I mean, I could see that wasn't going to work. But maybe because I've worked in property and whatever i've worked for a structural engineer so when they start talking about beam and da, 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 i'm like no that's big money saying these are people who want to buy a property so i thought the setup was really realistic right mm. but the way the show kind of un unraveled i just thought does does this fit is this is this the kind of show we're having for that i thought this was like a celebration you know what i mean i thought it was a strange yeah. show look, within the context of 24 hours although yeah, i have to I mean, say it was it was interesting but yeah a bit bizarre what was on after that i can't remember uh, come dine with me. We didn't watch that one. I didn't watch that. I'm not. I'm, yeah. So I have to, yeah, yeah. Come dine with me. That's one of the shows that Channel Four get right. So I kind of think that's a bit of a cheat for me. The ones they get right, it's like we don't need a black yeah, come dine. There's plenty of black people on come dine. We don't. But it would still be interesting to see if all of the contestants were black. Yeah, I like think a, they are. You know, like I mean, I don't know. I just feel yeah. like you know seeing two black you know two people two black people in a couple is not something that you generally see that much on well, not necessarily just british tv but just on tv so it'd be interesting if if it was like everybody was black. yeah it was, it was yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it would have been interesting I, to see yeah yeah i didn't realize how much of their formats they just rinsed out come dine with me holly oaks i watched 10 minutes and i was like i hate soaps <laughs> anyway so you know i couldn't take it right so i just tapped out after about 10 minutes of that Love it or list it again. That was um, two, you know, two black people in, instead of Kirsty and Phil. That was the one um, I felt like there could have been any couple, but I mean that's just my personal opinion. I mean, we're, we're supposed to be talking about next step, so I'm going to be quiet. Then uh, Gogglebox. Um, yeah, Gogglebox is it, a show they get right. So I, for me, I just yeah. thought celebrity it was a celebrity Gogglebox version, to be fair. But I just kind of felt. That's the show that Channel 4 has got right. We don't need a black version of it. It's very diverse. It's like, it's fine as it is. For me, for me, it works as it is. I just thought, yeah. mm, no. It's almost like, you see, uh, you know, someone was in the room and they said, right, okay, we've, we've committed to this 24 hours of uh, black programming. We allegedly can't find any production companies to do it, although I don't. I think what they mean is they couldn't find any production companies that they wanted to work with, apart from the few that they chose. So what can we do? Let's just rinse that. We'll just rinse all the formats and with a black spin. So you've got Countdown, Place in the Sun, House Giveaway, Come Down With Me, Hollyoaks, Love It Holistic, Gogglebox, right? All um, old formats, you know, just with black people. I mean, they could do that any what? day of the week. I mean... Just to play devil's advocate here, I mean, I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, there's something about them just kind of blackening the, the shows that they already have on TV. 
Um, but then I also think, that, you know, on the other hand, you know, for, you know, the general audience in Britain who maybe, te- I'm assuming this is the assumption, this is almost Im- um, mimicking the original, the, it was a, what day was it? A Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that it's mimicking the usual Friday schedule to some degrees of like, you know, a Google box or, or come down with me. And then just thinking that for those who maybe just turn in for their program, just gets like this black version of it of their original you know the program that they would usually watch every friday so i wonder if in part there's also that kind of creating familiarity mm-hmm. um but yeah just to kind of like I, I think that there's something in that that you know maybe if you usually watch it you just turn over and then suddenly like you're greeted with all these black faces um on your favorite show that's kind of interesting at the same time but i also think that you know it's um, a little uncreative to just make black versions of all the shows that you already do <laughs> and bring back old shows like Big Bro- um, Big Breakfast. Like, yeah. And I think that, to bring that back. That, that never had a black host to start with, so why are you just going to bring that back and put some black people on there? I mean, people said it was fine on Twitter. I remember people were like, oh, yeah, I'd love to wake up like this every day. But that's the problem. It's not going to be every day, is it? It was just a one-off. And I think that... yeah. It's just kind of like seeing equality, the usual days when you have like a white Thursday and a, bl- a white Saturday and this sub- this random black Friday, like, yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, yeah I, I just thought it was a strange choice, you know, because the, the, the people they are aiming it at, I guess the millennials who are kind of ready for their opportunities in media, they just, they were just... They weren't they old enough to watch the originals, you know what I mean? It just, I just, it felt like nostalgia TV that they that they don't know about, you know what I mean? It's like, I didn't get it. I didn't understand who this show was for. Just didn't get it, to be honest. Mm. I was really, I saw it and I thought, but why? I would love to have been in the room when someone had the idea to bring back the big breakfast. I just would have loved to have been in the room to see <laughs> how, how they worked through That's that idea. Because they've huh? got, you know, the set's still there. Everything's still there. They, so wasn't it, was it in the, cause wasn't, wasn't Big Breakfast in like a cottage or something? Wasn't that like yeah, the famous thing? It's in East London, no, isn't it? It's in Dawson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This, it was in the same house, I think. It looked the same. Maybe it wasn't the same. It looked the same, didn't it? It looked exactly right. the same. The set, you know, the set was the yeah, same. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd love to know what made them think to bring that back. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say anything. No comments. No comments. But, um... Yeah, and it got some positive, you know, people are tweeting positive things and, um, you know, it's, it is nice to see so many black people on television. And I think in the mm. evening it did get a lot easier, a lot. I mean, we're not, we said we weren't um, spending time reviewing the shows because obviously um, well, we have lots of thoughts and feelings and comments, as we should do. But High Life, for me, I think was the highlight, funnily enough. Um, I think, although... <laughs> Could have been commissioned for longer. I think four episodes is very difficult to get into a set of reality characters in four episodes. Um, I think they could have just funded that for 10 or 13. I don't think that would have killed their budget at all. Um, and it seems to be picking up traction. I'm getting watching, seeing people commenting on Twitter because it's its third episode. Well, it'll, it'll have finished its run by the time this goes out, but it's still available on um, all four um, for people to go back and watch. I'd recommend that. And no, um, I think that's the point, though, isn't it? That is the one show that had more than one episode, so people got a chance to kind of catch up with it, and I kind of feel for those other episodes that are original episodes. They only had one episode, so if you missed it, 
or you watch it, it's like, well, then what? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So even if they there decide is... to do something else, even if they say, oh, yeah, we're going to commission it, it's going to take them a few months or a few weeks to kind of get that next episode out. So it's like you can lose your audience in that time. So I kind of felt for all the original scripted programs, they should have given them a few episodes so people got a chance to get into the characters to see what they were about and give the writers and producers a time to kind of develop what they were doing. Because yeah. I think when you're, when you're only given that one episode, it's like you're trying to pack everything in. And I just think, yeah. I think it's a bit, I think it's unfair, basically. It's unfair on the creatives, really, to, to kind of, to be given that kind of situation. Well, I mean, yeah. isn't that, oh, you go. No, I was just going to say, but I isn't, I mean, I assume, or at least I hope, wishful thinking that, that doing this and showcasing this would make them think that, like, you know, uh, Googlebots could have these celebrities reoccurring. Like, you know, it doesn't have to just be on that one episode that these celebrity pairs can come back into the celebrity, you know, or, you know, some of the other shows as well. I do hope that this shows them that, you know, um that you know you can continue to to do this work as opposed to just dropping it after the midnight whenever the day schedule ends actually you know what also i'm thinking about it there is something that came to mind i'm sure like a couple of days before the event like the black to front day friday the friday the day they showed um baby mother yeah, they did. And I but don't it was know like a few days before it, and yeah. I didn't understand yeah. that, thinking, why didn't they put it on the same night? Am I missing? I so they put they put Moonlight on that night, right? Yeah. I would have much rather have seen Baby Mother. I, and they put Baby Mother on at like one o'clock in the morning. I, I tried to stay up to watch it, and I just couldn't. And it's like, you know, I don't know the last time that film was on British television, right? And um, And I really, really wanted to watch it. I don't know if it's even on demand. I might have to just go download it now, Chuck. Right. But, um, you know, I haven't seen Babe Mother for, for a very long time. And I just wanted to see how I would feel watching it after all this time. Yeah. You know, just get like a yeah. different different perspective, perspective yeah. on the film. So I would have much rather watched that than Moonlight. But Moonlight was on quite late as well anyway, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was on late, very late. But I just thought yeah. it was strange that they put it on a few days before. And I thought, why didn't they put it on that night? Because I felt like... Film four scheduling and channel four scheduling link up to yeah. like it's joined up because really they should have done they should have done twenty four hours of black film on film four as well really that would have been uh, but then that, 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 that would have been interesting. On the same day wouldn't they then we wouldn't have had we wouldn't know what to watch but um yeah I'd watch I, that that would be good yeah no it would be great okay that's black the next film so come on, four. Come on channel four get your yeah. come on there you go double I'll happily schedule them all for you. Uh, channel four and put myself out there as always even though I'm very busy um so yeah so let's talk about next steps so I think for me you know I'm going to start on an egg I don't care because I've worked in television and I've seen all this before so you know once every 10 years right you know they wheel out this 24 hours of black tv right and then there's you know when major institutional projects are planned right legacy is built in now i've emailed channel 4 for comments it'd be really interesting i don't i emailed them too late today so if they don't get back in time for the end of the podcast maybe we'll we'll just tweet it out but i don't think there was any legacy built into this project at all right because there's no follow-up 
right? There's no kind of, yeah, that was great. And you know what? We've extended the pilot run of High Life to 10 episodes, or we've decided that, you know, Christmas time, we're going to have a, a Christmas whatever special. Well, there's nothing. It's just you get the 24 hours, right? And then dead, because what? It's two weeks now, right? I haven't heard anything. Nothing. There's one little... One little news story saying, oh, yeah, it was really great to have some representation. And there's another news story saying it, it's not enough. One day isn't enough. Those are the usual comments. Lots of young people saying it was great to see all these black people on TV. and da, 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 da. But now what? And, I, and as somebody that has, you know, when I did film days, the whole point of film days was to show people that black films could make money in the UK. And I did that and I proved myself time and time and time again and it still makes no difference in terms of bringing more black films into the uk nearly 20 years later because they don't want to do it right the powers that be are just like oh yeah whatever and what happens is is that every time there's a kickoff and you know we're still talking about george floyd kickoffs now right even though there's plenty as we know from the war in a babylon there's plenty of black british injustice to talk about Right, rather than just keep hailing out this man's name. Right, you know, you you know, we kick up some dust or whatever, whether it's metaphorical or physical, as in 2011, and we get a few concessions, right? So we get, so we've got this 24 hour whatever, and everybody wants to pay people for Black History Month for once, you know. But then, but then we don't get any legacy, and I'm very big on legacy now. When the Olympic Park was being built, and structured and the Olympics was being done, legacy was built in, right? And institutions know how to build in legacy. They just don't do it for black British people, right? So my issue is, you know, once again, we've proved that it works, right? So what? What's going to happen next? Because this really made me think about the A-Force, because I worked on the A-Force in the early 90s. And the well, A-Force, well, for those of you that don't know, ago, right? right, the A-Force, for those of you that don't know, it was two hours on a Friday night for a 10-week run, and again, all black programming, but at least it was original-ish, you know, we had a, um, you know, we had an entertainment show, what's the 411, we had a comedy show, but actually it was all original, we didn't, the only, we had one show that was a bit of a rip-off of Through the Keyhole, but we called it something else, right? So at least for those two hours, and we had a, we had brothers and sisters that um, helped to kick off the career of Amit Asante, who is now, you know, uh, well, she's gone to Hollywood, like everybody goes to Hollywood, isn't it, to go and get proper recognition and make get money. Paid, basically, right? work, basically, get paid. Yeah, exactly, get paid. It's so, career, basically. <laughs> in all areas, you know, even in academia, all. over here, academia. <laughs> <laughs> So it feels well, like yeah. for me, it's almost like I almost feel like 10 years after the A Force, we didn't get our little bit of black programming because nothing happened to kick any for anyone to be upset and get kick off and kick off about. So it's like, are we going to wait? And the same thing happened at the BFI when we did, um, you know, the black, they, they've done two black film festivals in the last 20 years, right? And again, no legacy. So my big question to Channel 4 or anyone that's interested is where's the legacy? Whenever, you know, where is the legacy? What's going to happen next? And when is it going to happen, which is more importantly? So, yeah, so for me, I don't, you know, personally, I don't have a lot of faith in it. But that's just because of the experience of, of history for me. But what do you think, Donnelly? 
Well, I mean, I think that any talk about legacy in the UK is instantly excluding black folks. Like, they don't want us <laughs> in their legacy. And so they will do things like 24-hour takeovers so that they can put some tinsel on, you know, their white legacy, which is what they want to do, and give us some crumbs to make us happy that, you know, something's happened. So, you know, and I, yeah, so I don't think the legacy, we're included in the legacy. I mean, I think, you know, and I think, Rita, you said this over, you know, various um, episodes that we've had about the history of Channel 4, right, being set up to recognise marginalized voices um in britain and like you know what's that like almost like 30 de- two decades like you know 30 years or something like that with channel yeah. four I mean, um so you know we talk about legacy that should be channel four's legacy right right there um but as we've seen its legacy is reduced to 24 hours you know so yeah we're not part of the legacy you know that's you know and i think that just comes back to if the channel was made for representation why is it that this whole because I was just having because obviously I didn't see it but then looking at like the press release for it you know it's like they say things like you know we're doing this as part of our remit to represent and champion underrepresented audiences and communities um that's been your remit since the, the channel started and you know when they're doing it so um, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. This is exactly what its legacy is supposed to be, and we are exactly um, being represented in it as it, as we should be. So um, I don't see it, I don't know, I don't think I see anything kind of positive or lasting in this. I think that this is just a, a continual cycle. Um, mm. Okay, and it's interesting actually, I'm just reading here, HBO Max launches a scene in black, a social first initiative celebrating black stories. So, um, and I'm really hope HBO Max have um, just about to launch soon in a couple of countries in Europe. They've excluded UK, which I'm bitterly upset about. But the minute they come to UK, it's all over for all UK network television as far as I'm concerned. So again, they're looking for talent to generate new stories to to put on their platform. You know, we don't get those, you know, we do not get those kind of press releases from Channel 4. Yeah, it's absolutely. when talent to do one day. And, and maybe a lot of people actually thought the same that we did, that, well, why should I, why should I be pushing up myself for one, one day's worth of work? You know, all right, maybe a few days worth of work, but one short little blip as opposed to, you know, all the proper productions, you know, we're not going to name any because I don't want anyone to get upset, but all the longer productions that are featuring black talent in front of the camera are being funded to white super indies, aren't they? Right? I, yeah, well, like I said, not going to, I can give the receipts, but I'm not going to, right? But they're not funding black production companies they're not really funding black talent and again you know he who pays the piper calls the tune so it's all good and well to have your press release with this black face and that black face at the front right but when the face at the top of the pyramid is a white person and the two below them are also white you know normally the white guy at the top and then the next two are the two white women the lead writer and the whatever 
then you know that gaze is already starting to go out of focus isn't it it's not really a black gaze because ultimately they will have final say in what goes on screen what doesn't i mean what doesn't go on screen i learned this from all of my days at the a force mm. who gets cast who doesn't get cast which directors we're working with which ones we're not working with who's the lead writer i mean we didn't even get there with um you know, with uh, Black to Front, because all the only scripted drama, really, there was two scripted dramas, weren't there? And again, you know, I'm set to myself. They only got one show. And for me, when you're doing scripted drama, you need a run-in. You need a run-in to develop. You know what I mean? You need time. And you give one episode. You you can't do it because the audience are like, they need time to know what's going on to know what the scene and what you're telling, you know what I mean? Because at least in a reality situation, people are playing themselves, right? Mm. So it's a different setup. But when you're doing the scripted, where you're dealing with fictional characters, there are so many things that need to be set up. That mm. takes time. The, the black front didn't afford that. So the, the, anyone who was doing scripted stuff were already, you know, in, you know, they were already fighting a, a very difficult task there for me. And I just felt like this, this is was really frustrating for me because that's, what the Black to Front was really meant to be dealing with is original scripted programming. That's what people want. When they want these opportunities, that's what we're talking about. That's where the investment has to go, right? But then I also think that, I mean, I agree, I agree. But I also think, I mean, I mean, part of this obviously is time, because I think it was mentioned that this was a fairly rushed, very, you know, short timeline that this all came out. Um, which I think also just shows Channel Four's commitment to it, right? <laughs> if you're just going to rush something through, I don't think it shows that you're really committed to the thing that you're doing because you can't give the time um, to do the work. Um, you know, but there are, you know, I think part of this also has something to do with, you know, dwindling television viewings, particularly of particular demographics, which is obviously the kind of millennial generation that they're looking for, who are far more adept at Netflix and YouTube, you know, for their tele- their viewing as opposed to TV. But I also just think that, you know, there are stuff that's going out that, that they could have, you know, you know, new programs or shows that they could have showcased, like you said, that maybe is the start, like the pilots of the, these shows are shown on Channel 4 on this, you know, programming day, and that they will continue to show, or even if they'll show it on their um, their online, you know what I mean, like their online platforms, they'll just show you the one day that they'll broadcast it and the rest of it you, you can catch up online or something like that. But, you know, I felt like this could have been a really good time to showcase Black uh, creativity um, and new programs and new shows and new faces. Because that's one of the things that I also thought was a little bit disappointing about this was that there were so many obviously there were also some new young talent that are obviously on there but there were also a lot of uh established names as well um mm. who who have don't have to worry about having a takeover date right like mel b you know she's been in on the air for how many years being a spice girl she doesn't need a takeover day like give that to someone else who could be represented and shown. Do you know what I mean? No disrespect to Mel B, and I'm sure the show was great, but I just mean that, you know, this could have been a way that you could really showcase new talent, you know? Um, uh, The countdown um, that had um, Trevor, sorry. Yeah. And like, you know, um, you know, he's already had his place. You know, he already has recognition. Couldn't there be someone else that Friday? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
You are listening to the new nationwide project. You are listening to the new nationwide project. I think the issue is for me is that I think I think what's good about what has happened with the the, the black to front, I think it's it's a kind of temperature check really as to what's happening in the media as far as representation is concerned relating to black talent. I mean, there was an article this week, I think in The Guardian, where Michael McMillan, who's a black British curator, playwright, basically said that all the exciting talent, all the exciting creativity right now is coming from black British talent in Britain. We are the ones, it's black British talent that are, are basically at the vanguard of all the creativity that's happening, the most dynamic stuff. Um, and of course, all the channels want a part of that. But I think it's really important um, you know, for our audience to understand that when Channel 4, you know, Channel 4 next year will be celebrating 40 years. It's going to be 40 years old. Mm-hmm. It was set up in the aftermath of the inner city uprisings of 1980 and 1981. So it set up specifically, specifically to give voices to the voiceless, to the marginalised communities. So for nearly 40 years on that we need a black to front, that it, and then it's on channel four for me is a tragedy because this is the one channel that should have got representation right because yeah, it had the remit should be it had the, the, the support to do that because you know for some networks they don't have you know they have a very particular audience who want what they want and so if they want to do diversity that's a big risk for them it's a big risk for some networks to do diversity it was never a risk for Channel 4. It was in, set up within its remit. And it has deviated from that remit, which is why Black to Front happened in the first place. Um, and as far as representation is concerned, you know, Black, those of us of, of you know, Black, African, Caribbean heritage, we're 5% of the population. So this 20 random 24 hours in the annual calendar doesn't really mean anything to me. It's like, what, why 24 hours, you know? This is not representative either as a demographic, even as a population. You know, it, it, it doesn't represent anything for me. It's almost like a tick box. So we're going we're gonna to give you all that a bit of a moan on Twitter. We've heard you, right, we're going to give you 24 hours to kind of do your thing. We've done our thing. Right, off you go. We're going to normal service resumes, basically. And it's like, well, we'll know, you know. So I think... The fact that it hasn't done the things and obviously it couldn't do the things that it should have or needed to do. Mm-hmm. But I think it gives people an impetus, those of us who are campaigning for greater representation, to say, look, 40 years on, as Channel 4 prepares to celebrate its 40th anniversary, this is what this is where they're at. This is where Channel 4 is at, you know, running around to kind of put on 24 hours of programming that, you know, for, for black talent. And of course, it was you know there were some interesting things on that day, but but as as a as a as a as a as an event, we're all kind of left a little bit frustrated, really. Um, but if Channel Four are doing that, the ones who had the remit, what's happening with everybody else? I think it strengthens the argument about making change. I think it definitely does that. It's like it gives us an example because you know when we met Black filmmaker, we were talking. It was like well. We were talking about events, about, you know, representation. These things have been happening over the last few years, but it's almost like I feel like, you know, the A-Force happened, what, 25 years ago now? So it's yeah. like I feel like this is like the new version. So it's like we have we have a history of these events now 
to say, hey, you know, we, we've gathered our evidence um, as to what's going on in the industry, because for a lot of people, they won't even know about the A-Force. Yes. I mean, I mean they, they don't repeat it or anything, and like, you know, it's there. Something but I'm I think when you contextualise that, when you say we had the A-Force in the 1990s, and 25 years later, we've got this, that that takes, that puts a different spin on Black yeah. Mirror. Mm, it does. This is not random, you know, it's not random, it's like there's a context to this and I think often yeah. when we're talking about black black Britons, black black culture in Britain, it, everything gets decontextualised, it's like, oh, we're just in this moment, we're not in this moment, there's a history there yeah. and we're and as we're entering Black History Month, we, we can talk about that in that context, you know, there's a history to these programmes, these interventions where the TV networks, something's happening on in the wider society, oh yeah, we're going to give a, a special area of black programming, but it doesn't progress no, uh, because representation no, in the industry. No it doesn't do no, that. What it, do, what it does, it actually is, um, it does the opposite. It kind of diffuses those campaigns because there was a big momentum online and with campaigning about representation. And it's like, oh, we've given you a bit of representation now, so you can be quiet, I guess. Mm. But it's like, no, actually, um, for me, it's an impetus to kind of keep going because it's like, oh, so you can respond. Well, this isn't enough. This is what we need to do. So, you know, and this is why I felt, you know, we all felt it was really important to do this show. It's like I looked on Twitter and all like just online to see who's talking about Black to France. Like nobody's talking about it because it happened. It happened. It's gone. It's gone. Going. Go it's gone. Yes, it's like, it no. Right. We, we need to keep we need to keep the momentum going as to okay what's next what's the next episode so I'll, I'll put it out to you the two of you what's the next episode where do we need to go next as far as like developing you know real representation um in across the the British media landscape you know especially in light of the fact that we could talk about this you know Michaela Cole you know wins you know the awards at the Emmys um I think you raise a really interesting question about representation, especially if I think about um, the schedule, um, because there's a lot of jumble of signs as to what does black mean and what does it black mean in the in the context of being British, right? Which is obviously the premise of that whole day, right? Was to represent uh, black people in Britain. So I and I just think there's something there to reflect on in terms of, you know, what does it mean to have shows like high life that represents a very kind of uh, specific kind of black experience in Britain versus these kind of white shows that then get painted black versus yeah. you know all these other kind of jumbles of sign these American shows you know the the blackish um, the moonlight that was the film moonlight that was played later um, and then like you know I was also found the return of Desmond is interesting. I mean, obviously, that's a, a beloved show, and I remember watching it. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's well, decades no old, and the conversation... He's got the license for uh, no problem. Exactly, and it's like, well, it just comes out of nowhere. How do we understand it in the context of today, you know, in 2021? And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of jumble of science about, like, what it is Black, <laughs> what is you know i mean what is black when you can just switch white faces to black faces you know what is what is black and british what's the black british experience when you have blackish being shown so i think there's like a lot of jumbling of 
Mm, what this all means is just you know i I think in part it just shows the the emptiness of the schedule but i do think it also just brings in a lot of question as in what what is you know what is this black britain how do we represent it what shows do we want you know in terms of this is the legacy or at least if this is if something comes of this what conversations can we does it need to do we need to bring out to be having on tv because i mean that's the biggest thing about television particularly like scripture shows is that we it brings up conversations right it brings up like that's what desmond did in its time it brought up conversations around you know the immigrant experience of being in britain and the generational differences of that experience right and so it's like what conversations need to be had now about the black british experience and how does that get rep- actually get represented for me, again, you know, I'm in that master's tools frame of mind now, right? And I do feel like, you know, you look at Shiro's story on YouTube, you know, from Ratman, who again has been poached and gone to America. But I just think, you know, the kids aren't watching Channel 4, are they? They're watching YouTube and they're on Twitch. They've got their own channels on Twitch. They're doing stuff on Twitch. And I think, you know, scripted drama... We just, you know, make it small and put it on YouTube. I think going out with the begging bowl, you know, it's a very close shot. So I'm still in that kind of we need to just do our own thing. I think the Internet has um, proven that, you know, the potential to raise money for anything. Like people are just going, here's my cash up. Give me some money. right? And people are giving them money. Right. You know, you've got Patreon, you've got Cash Up, you've got a million of these things. Buy me a coffee. You know, you've got Twitch where you can get money. So I just think that, you know, maybe collaboration for me is the way forward. I want to see more collabs. I mean, and again, you know, you look at music and you look at um, the little collabs that go between the, the artists and they've got their little video director you know, I think, is it Tete, Nathan Tete, that does a lot of Dave's music videos. Yeah, yeah. Right, that visual style. And back in the day, that's where a lot of the directors would come from. They'd start off doing music videos, wouldn't they, promos, and then they'd graduate to TV and then film. And I just feel like <clears throat> we need our own network. We need to just, yeah, we just need our own network. Channel 4, I'm quite happy for them to sell it off. I'm sorry, they've never done it. They're not doing enough for me. For me to go on some kind of bandwagon and say there's some kind of amazing public service that can't be turned private. I, you know, I subscribe to Disney Plus, Amazon Prime and Netflix. And I get more out of those three services in the last two to three years than I've ever I've got out of Channel 4 in the last 10. Mm. You know, they even have black strands where I can go, oh, look, black stories. Let me just click here. Not just for 24 hours. So I feel like the future is independent and the future is online um, and the future is is not going to be networked for black British creatives, unfortunately. But again, you know, that's that's me. What do you think, Rita? I I absolutely agree with you, Julia. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, I mean, my research is all about that. But, you know, I kind of feel that... um, I mean, I guess, you know, playing again, I guess, you know, playing devil's advocate, you know, because we're still paying. I mean, one of the issues is we are still with our, you know, our t- tax 
taxes and all the rest of it, we're still paying for Channel 4 and the BBCs and all the rest of it. So it's like if 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 our pennies are going into the pot, then then we need some of that money. We need to draw, you know, it's like a partner, isn't it? When is our turn to draw the money? You understand what I'm saying? And I feel like we haven't drawn the money. <laughs> what a lovely <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> it's, it's like a partner, isn't it? It's like, when are we going to draw our, our turn, you know? And I kind of feel like, the black to front was like a partner. It's like we got to draw, but it's like, but when? when yeah, we but get I it? feel like I feel like we got we got we got we got she done, man. Yeah, <laughs> it comes to us and nobody got no money. So I don't yeah, know. Run out. Yeah, someone yeah, sure. I feel like you know we got there and nobody can put their money in the pot this week, right? I just yeah, no. <laughs> and, you know, and really, we all know so much talent, don't we? You know, even that video you sent me today with that yeah, girl on the. I sent you today was proper funny. Yeah. It was funny, but yeah, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think, I think for me, you know, if you take black to front, see, I think what's difficult, I guess, for for us, and I let me speak for myself. But I think it's different. You know, I think we're all kind of on the same page here. We can't. We, it's very difficult for us to see the black to front situation in isolation, which is what we're being asked to do. It's like just judge it on this 24 hours as some like random 24 hours. Well, but we can't. I can't forget the fact that Channel 4 will be 40 years old next year. I can't forget the origins in which it was set up, you know, during the first Thatcher government. I can't. We can't ignore these things. We can't ignore its remit, which has never changed actually on paper but when you watch their network and see what's on you know people spending millions of pounds you know doing up some some place in the middle of nowhere you know it's like there's a different kind of audience that they're running after mm. and it's like it's not us well the black to front shows that when they want to find some black talent, they can find them, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For all of the drama, it's like, oh, you can find the black talent. But it's like, what happens on the other 364 days of the year? You know what I mean? That's what I want to know. It's like, okay, that's great. But in a way, it's almost like, it's like a feast or famine, isn't it? You get nothing for years and then suddenly like, you know, you, you can have eat whatever you want. So of course you're going to just like, like we kind of you know you have a like a feast on this yeah because you know, we're going to be hungry now we're going to be waiting for the next black to front probably be another decade it's it's yeah be another to the episode that we had now. when we had yeah. the black filmmaker right when we were talking about the fact that you know how how hard it is for you know black people in television media to get you know basic jobs in you know behind the camera um not necessarily just in front of the camera but behind the camera is still is so hard to get those jobs and retain those jobs um and then you have this day where you have this 24-hour takeover which was the original name of it right the black takeover and then they switched it, was the it, black takeover, it yeah yeah it was the original name of it um but then you have this day and it, it does show you that you know that there are people that they can employ you know 365 days of the year and you don't have to just employ them for one day right and that you know and I think that speaks to the point that you know of this famine that there's no work until we give you a black day right and then you can get work but actually you've just shown that there are skilled people who can put on you know and do quality television and can do that throughout the throughout the year and there's really no excuse that they aren't employed 
365 days a year. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think for me, one of the, you know, the, I guess the next episodes for me, and, you know, we did have this conversation with um, with a black filmmaker, is is the role of the of the production teams, right? The production, who gets to make these shows? And, and I think this for me is the kind of, you know, if we're still going to be paying into the pot, then we have to be looking for representation. Yeah. You know, yeah. once these companies are private and they've got their own shareholders, then, you know, we can decide whatever we're doing. But whilst we are through our tax money and through all of the lottery funded money, we're paying into these entities, then we have to get our cut. We have to get our equity, um, our 5%, right? We have to get our 5%. So I think one thing that could really do a lot to transform the, the malaise, let's be honest on representation, the malaise is, is really opening up the commissioning opportunities for black production companies and they do exist it's just it's it's tight for them you know what i mean they end up doing well, lots of things because they, they can't some. do the one tv thing because because there's not enough money in it but those people exist they do exist um but they're very niche at the moment because they're not getting commissions so you know they have to be multi-talented that for me is something that could be um done very quickly or at least mm. if they said okay we're going to do equity. Five percent of our budget is going to go to black filmmakers. Um, people would form these production companies. You know, it's not that the the talent can't do that work. They can, but they they're not being commissioned. So they say, well, what's the point, right, in setting up these companies? And I'm never going to get commissioned. They will set up these companies if the work is there, just like white production companies do. They know the pot of money's coming. They're quick to go down companies' house, set up get the office space booked and they're rocking and rolling, right? The black mm. talent can do the same and will do the same if they know the opportunities there. So that's, a, a, for me, that's a, something that can be done without all of this, you know, just trying to, you know, because the, the black producers, the black production companies, they'll find the talent. They know the talent. They'll make the shows, you know? That's something for me that can be done. I just wanted to ask just it just made me think when we're thinking about that about bbc3 bbc3 doesn't have a, a kind of racial uh, agenda but they have had a couple of shows that you know have had uh dare i say some sort of repre representation um embedded in it you know for me i was just thinking of um the galdam uh tv documentary and also was it the is it rap game like yeah, right, two right. shows i mean obviously and you know there's other reasons but there's the two shows there's been other shows on it but those two specific shows i'm thinking about and just kind of wondering around the way in which um it, you know that this becomes these niche things and also just thinking about how bbc3 potentially handles it in in, in contrast to and in addition to channel 4 just throwing it out there few shows haven't they they've done a few bits but again i think you know talent in front of the camera but perhaps not necessarily behind the camera or calling the shots um is an issue but yeah they're getting my issue is the whole bbc3 thing i mean it is going back to um being a digital channel next year i believe 
and they're online at the moment, you know, so they've been given permission from Ofcom to come back because, again, probably the BBC have done their numbers and realised that, you know, the only young people they've got are probably were watching that before it got cancelled. Um, so, yeah, but they need to do more because what have they got? They've got a rap game, they've got the odd documentary, um, they've got Tonight with Target, which which I watched the pilot. I thought it was good. It was good. It was nice to see DJ Target, Remy Bergs, Little Sims, Gets all on, you know, um, all on the same screen. I think, again, it, it could have used a bit more polish. I mean, again, I suppose because I come from a TV background, I can look at a production. And I, can, I know whether it's low budget, medium budget, high budget. I can see where they've sort of thought, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll set it up like this. And I guess I just want to see some lush, um, expensive uh, black drama. I think is what I want, really. And I'm not, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that over here. So you know, I've got to be downloading Queen Sugar and all the other goodness that we're getting from America. You know, I want to see. Yeah, I would just, I would like to see something really slick, really well invested and very very black in front of and behind the camera that's what i'm looking for but i haven't seen that in this country since i've been born since i've been watching tv um so yeah so i do think bbc again you know they pledged all this money but when you interrogated the figures you know again it was it was pennies it was pennies in terms of a drop in the ocean of their entertainment we're not. We are definitely not getting our five percent. And maybe one of the things we need to do is to actually tot up what that five percent would be across the networks, and yeah. um, and put those numbers out there. I think I've got. I know Channel Four are going to get back to me on viewing figures and next steps. So we'll, you know, we'll drop that in when we get it. That information, but I asked for it a bit late, so fair enough. But yeah, I mean, holding them to account is important. Um, holding them to account financially, I think, is important. You know, Lenny Henry, you know, they've been, and Marcus Ryder, they have been campaigning for diversity tax for a number of years. And the fact that they've been campaigning for a number of years should tell you everything that you need to know about whether that's going to happen or not. Very, very interesting. Uh, mm. But I'm more in that so what category. Like, you know, I'm really, really interested to see the so what of it all, because you know, in my previous experience, the so what of it all just turns into let's just wait for it to fade from memory and see if they kick up dust in another 10 years. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. But I think what's different now, unlike, you know, 25 years ago when the A-Force happened, is we do have, you know, we have this whole digital network of media where you know, the young talents who are coming through now, or, you know, of, well, of any age who are coming through now or going into media, they have alternatives that they can explore. Whereas, you know, 25 years ago, I mean, it was BBC or Bust, really. It was either BBC or Channel 4 and you were out, basically. Do you know what I mean? That was it. They were the gatekeepers. And if one of them, if both of them said no, you, you, were, you, you were finished, right? Yeah. But I think now, if we look at the development of talent that, that have been coming through, all of them have had some online component, right? Where they've done stuff on YouTube or they've done something on Twitter or Instagram. And that's been the platform from which they've kind of gone out and, and done what they've needed to do. Um, and so I think that will continue. 
And for me, I think it's really important for, you know, um, the Channel 4 heads to understand, you know, if you lose another generation of black talent, you know, we won't come back, you know what I mean? They'll be gone, you know? And it's like, this this is, we've got the digital generation that was so kind of, they're on different parts of the internet that, you know, I'm not even heard of, do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, they're deep in this world and it's like, to, for you to try and pull them out to go to BBC Three or to Channel Four, it's like they're not coming. You know, they're like that's a hard sell already. It's already a hard sell, and it's like mm. if you leave it another five years, uh, uh-uh. uh, that audience just won't be there. So it's like I just feel like you know, time's up, Channel Four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like diversify or die. You know, that's what I really believe. Diversify or die. That's what I've got to say to Channel Four. You know, that just makes me think. You know, when you just said that just reminded me of of Top Boy, right? Because that was on Channel 4. Mm. Two seasons, done. And now it has a big following on Netflix. Yeah, Yeah, if you make it, they will come, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Netflix seems to understand diversity in a way that the other networks don't. And it's just because they don't don't want to. They understand. They don't want to do it. And I think that, you know, the Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon, they're all funding productions right now. Right? Yeah. You know, whether they're American productions that are being sh- even filmed over here, um, there's just more diversity there than we're getting from, yeah, from the people that we're paying. Personally, you know, I'm, I'm on that campaign to not pay the TV license. They're lucky my mum's paying it. You know, I'm not. They wouldn't be catching any money out of me. Sorry. You know, I mean, that. that whole thing is a scam, right? Like, you, you just need to have a TV plug. Yeah, that whole yeah, thing but, is a scam. But, yeah, but the now, a scam. As when I said, you're, you're streaming the, online. More and more people are watching their content via, you know, you yeah. know tablet or even their phone, right? So yeah. it's like, even the concept of a TV. Yeah. A lot of people are just not using television anymore. They don't have a TV. A lot of people yeah. don't have and they're, they're watching plenty of content they don't need a tv so you understand yeah. that they're di- as i said diversify or die that model that they're holding on to mm. it's already dead right i mean i've yeah. talked about it many times you know i know it's dead i already know i've been t- i know i saw it happen um but i feel like the production companies the media companies still don't they're still not there yet because they still have their demographic that's feeding them but it's like they're getting old you know what i mean so it's like 10, 20 years from now, they're go- it's going to drop off a cliff. And it's like, it's like people will forget about you. So it's like, for me, it's like, this is a, this is a business situation. You don't have, if you don't embrace diversity, your business model will fail, right? Simple as that. Um, and it's like, Channel 4 should be the leader of that. You know, we're talking about all these talents. I mean, you know, Michaela Cole started on Channel 4, right? This, this is the conversation that is exceeding the TV if you're, bus- you know, diversifying your business say? model. I feel like that's just like the nation, Why right? Why you on BBC? Why did Channel 4 run with it? You understand what I'm saying? It's that kind of like, how does this work? Where, where's the mindset here? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like... But the mindset here is British, right? It's Britain and Britain is white and they're the, you know, global leaders of... of ethics and whatever they want to propose of law and you know politics and whatnot and you know white supremacy is white this is white thought white rationality and 
diversity, you know, isn't can't enter that conversation, right?